Hello. Hi. Welcome to Stay of Homekins. It's Black Friday 2020. It's Black Friday, baby. All the deals. <laughs> all, the, all the shopping deals. Janie and I, of course, we crawled under some metal grates to stampede with people. <laughs> That's a joke since we are, you know. We could be arrested because I, we did. I think we seriously injured some people. <laughs> also, uh, we are isolating at home. It's true. Because of the, the pandemic. Anyway, this is Stay of Homekins, your... <laughs> <laughs> Look, folks, we're going to be honest with you. Pa- pandemical podcast. It's the, it's the Pandodcast. <laughs> the Pandodcast. <laughs> I'm Janie Haddad Tompkins. I'm Paul F. Tompkins. He's a comedian. She's an actress. Together, we are the Homekins. <laughs> That's right. We're a married couple. Living in quarantine, trying to be safe. We're exhausted. Yesterday was Thanksgiving. We're both really tired. I'm over it. You're over being tired or? 2020. I'm ready. (laughs) Bring 2021, y'all. Isn't it amazing how 2021 is going to be so completely different? (laughs) It better be different by this time next year. By this time next year, we're going to be saying... Can you believe 2020 even happened? <laughs> what a, I was thinking about that like in two like two years from now are people going to be like I miss Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I don't think Zoom is going anywhere. Oh good. Okay. I think, well, Thank I, God. I think th- <laughs> <laughs> Honey, bite your tongue. Don't even don't even suggest Zoom is going some going uh. away. Um I think that it will still be used for uh, a lot of business stuff mm-hmm. that people realized, hey, we could just do this all the time. We don't have to. Right. Like, places. I don't have to go and park and, you know, mm-hmm. put on pants. I think that it will make, like, for podcasting, I think it'll make things easier to, it'll be easier to, like, podcast with people that are far away that you normally wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't think about booking because you would think, well, we wouldn't do it remotely. And it's like, now we can, and it's good. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Who are we going to podcast with far away? Oh, Dame Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't she live in New Mexico or some shit? Oh, yeah, didn't we find that out? We went yeah. on a little uh, Helen Mirren. Oh, wait, she, she posted was... a video about getting out the vote. Yeah. Because she was going to vote I'm or something. I'm a proud citizen of Albuquerque. <laughs> She did say something that made it sound she like, is, like she a, is, is she a naturalized citizen of the United States? No, naturalized. Yeah. Does that mean you were born here? No. That means you become, you become naturalized. What? Naturalized means you become an American citizen. I thought that just meant like... Like, like birth citizenship? Like, but then what I don't would know be the, what it was. Like you, do you, Unnaturalized? Do you, feel, do you feel like <laughs> the act of being born is you are naturalized? Well, it's the word natural in there. I get it. <laughs> it feels like maternal or like motherly or something. It feels it like really does. like like bodily functiony. <laughs> Took it to a place I didn't expect. <laughs> Guys, okay. So happy Thanksgiving. What are you grateful for? <laughs> oh my god. I wish you, I wish you folks could have seen that face. <laughs> Let's go over what we're grateful it's for. Thanksgiving Boxing Day where you have to give the food back <laughs> to other people. 
I guess I am grateful that we have food. People mm-hmm. are struggling. Yeah. Donated to the food bank this week. Y'all look up your food banks and I'll tell you why. Not just that people are needing them right now, but like they're kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they are efficient and they're good at distribution and they are like they spend well. Like as far as like like giving goes. Yeah. It goes well. I'm also, let's see, I'm grateful <sighs> for wait like, minute, wait a minute. You st- <laughs> I don't know. You, st- you acted like you were in the middle of a list, which you were not. <laughs> I'm grateful for all, all of the right things that you're supposed to be grateful for. <laughs> you- hey, look. I I am happy for this shit that you're supposed to be happy for. I get it. I like it. the people you're supposed to like. I don't like the people you're not supposed to like. <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> I'm in a dark. You are in a you're in a mood. I'm in a mood. Here's here's something I didn't anticipate with the pandemic. And we'll go afterwards. We'll go through the things we did anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> right, because the things we were more than ready for. <laughs> The thing I didn't know is feeling waves of anger (laughs) at others who are not, like, being safe. I'm not even, like, talking about, like, oh, you're out there, like, spreading COVID. Yeah, that... That's not good. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I get that. Agreed. I'm talking about like, I see a picture on your social media of some big ass indoor dinner. Mm-hmm. I get fucking jealous. This is like my, I'm being raw right now. I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. This is real. This is raw. I don't want to feel that way. But I feel jealous because my primal reaction is not like they're not flattening the curve. You know, it's not that. It's like I want to fucking be around mm-hmm. my family. You know, I want to travel. I want to get on a fucking plane. This I'm angry today. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to temper it because this is not probably enjoyable for anyone (laughs) (laughs) well i think that there are i think there are a lot of people that can relate i feel i have similar feelings Uh that you know we've been uh, you know playing by the rules and trying to be smart and safe and conscientious and you know nobody's nobody's 100 percent all the time like but we've taken like the tiniest little sort of quick risks you know what i mean right well everyone here's here's the honest truth everyone has to figure out for themselves like their own risk like that's a risk assessment thing but i'm telling you yes that my emotions right well run well, away here's, but here's what i want to say yeah is that when you do but it's been tough uh-huh. It's been hard. Uh-huh. And so when you do see people doing that stuff, I feel the same thing. It makes me so mad because of course I want to do that. Of course I want to do those things. Right. Of course I want to be I want to be hanging out with people. I want to be hugging people. I want to be at a bar. I want to be at a party. I also you know? just don't want to think about things before I do yeah, them. Like absolutely. I admit like 
I am grieving spontaneity. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and now you have to think, oh, like, you know, is it, are there a lot of people there? Is it safe? Does yeah. It, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like, I just didn't know that I had that in me because I am generally kind of like a live and let live person. <laughs> Paul just rolled his eyes, by the way. I was Paul, thinking of something else. To- <laughs> totally. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's, let's slow down with this for a minute. <laughs> slow down. You don't think I'm a live and let live? <laughs> I think for the most part. I think I think I think we both are mostly live and let live, but I think of course like anybody else we have our moments of judgment. This is making me like kind of happy right now because, <laughs> <laughs> because I subscribe to that philosophy, but I'm only human. That's right, baby. So, you know, what made me laugh this week, there was this thing on Twitter. <laughs> this guy got dragged on Twitter. He wrote like this New York Times. Oh, Fraud Manju, that one? Uh, you like know the guy's name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What was funny about this thing is that there was he wrote this piece that was going around. I'm sure all of y'all saw it online. Because I saw it online and my interest became piqued only because the headline of his piece was very clickbaity. Mm-hmm. And it was something along the lines of I did my own contact tracing, and what I found out is my bubble my quarantine bubble was way huger than i ever imagined right right and so that so so i was like oh that's interesting i wonder what he learned from this thought experiment he conducted you know because i always wonder that too like how are we like even if you're around people like you're around the people they were around and the people they were around or whatever yeah and then uh so but people were so angry passing this article around and they were saying things like, what a selfish piece of shit. Or <laughs> and I was like, what? It? I just didn't know, like, why people were reacting in a way to what I thought this article was about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was like, well, I better read it for myself. <laughs> and so I start reading this thing. And most of the article, he's literally saying, like, hey, you know. You think you're being safe, but uh, you're really not. <laughs> Just look at me and what I'm about to do. And then, like, <laughs> I swear to God, it, like, near the very end of the article, the very end, like, it like it takes you through this thing where you're like, oh, this guy really did some thinking mm-hmm. and digging on how he's living his <laughs> yeah. life or whatever. And this is good and thoughtful because a lot of people are going through this, so it's <laughs> yeah. good that he's he's... He's really laying out like how you think like yeah. it's a good idea, but maybe it's yeah, not a good at idea. At the very end of the article, <laughs> at the very end of the article, he's like, and that's why I don't give a fuck. Fuck it. I'm, <laughs> I'm traveling. Traveling. You're, you're paraphrasing, of course. No, I'm not. But it would be funny if he said, I don't give a fuck. Fuck he it. He did. <laughs> no. He said, I don't give a fuck. Fuck it. 
I'm traveling for the fucking holidays anyway and seeing my elderly parents anyway. Did he close it out by saying fuck it? No, but um, what I'm saying. Well, you got me all excited. Like, I missed that. (laughs) That would be, that would be, I would almost respect it. If if at the end he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Two tears in a bucket. Fuck it. Remember what? that? No, I sure don't. You don't remember that? No, what is that? The Lady Chablis. <laughs> what? The Lady Chablis. Who's the Lady Chablis? What? Oh, is she the one that was in Midnight in the Garden of Yes, Good and, Evil? and she was always like, two tears in a bucket? Fuck it. She was always like that? <laughs> <laughs> do I don't you, know. Do you know that whenever She was I, always like that. It's <laughs> 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 all she could say. Whenever I hear that title or think of that title. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil? Yes. I hear it in the cadence of movie phone because I remember calling movie phone. <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater. I remember when movie th- phone was a thing. I remember calling to find out showtimes and the guy, the movie phone guy said it like this. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. <laughs> yeah. I can hear that. I can hear that. My other favorite one was when they brought the original Japanese version (laughs) of The Ring back into theaters after The Ring was so successful. Oh. And they brought the Japanese version, and they... (laughs) And it's in theaters, and I remember him saying, Ringu! Rated R! (laughs) You should tell that story. I think you can tell it. The... I had to give him a cue. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's funny. I think I told this, this like story once before, maybe on Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, or you something. told it already? Maybe. But I was in Australia for <laughs> uh, a comedy festival and. Um, Circa what? Oh, my God. <laughs> 2003. I'm going to guess. Early aughts, yeah. Okay. Early aughts. And. I was, um, (laughs) I got there uh, to shoot, um, I I was sort of hosting it for American TV, it was going to be a comedy special, and the idea was that it was was the world comedy tour, so it was comedians from all over the English-speaking world (laughs) in Australia, and everybody's doing a set, so it's Americans, Canadians, UK, Australians, New Zealand. And so I was just going to shoot these wraparounds for a night in Sydney. And then I was going to also do a set on the show. Okay. And so when I, when I got, so I got there, did the Sydney thing. Then when I got to Melbourne, which I think is where we shot the show, the stand-up show, got there the night before the show. And that's when everybody was kind of arriving. We were all staying at the same hotel. And... All the, all like the UK people, got there and started drinking like right of away. They did. <laughs> so it was like it noon, right? Like... And everyone's having drinks, and I'm like, and I'm still at that. And did they come from the UK or they came from Melbourne? No, they came from the UK. I mean, there were Australian comics oh there as well, God. but they came from. That is yeah. like a hardcore yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, like yeah. fly that far. And but then... these all these. These they people are all drinkers. used to it. They're yeah. all used to it because they they do all these things all the time. 
And so we're all hanging out and having a good time. And then it gets into, I mean, maybe it wasn't noon, but it's early and it gets into the evening. And somebody, maybe it was Craig Robinson, said, hey, I heard about a a club nearby where we can get some stage time. They're doing an open bank and we can go up. <laughs> if anybody wants to, they can go up at the end and like run a set. And so a bunch of us are like, yes, let's do that. And And y'all are hammered at this point. Or you're just buzzed. I, I certainly am. Okay. I can't speak to anyone else, but I was too drunk to be going on a stage, <laughs> but th- I did it anyway. <laughs> and I went up and I was so drunk that I wasn't, I don't think that I was presenting as drunk, but internally I was all fucked up. So like I, I forgot like key words of jokes and stuff like that, that I was doing the, here's what happened is that I walked out on stage with a beer and then there was nowhere to set the beer down. Like there wasn't a stool or anything. Oh, and that completely threw me off. <laughs> and I was like, that, that wrecked my whole set. I was like, I don't know what to do. And, that, and I instantly realized you shouldn't be up here. You should <laughs> just leave right now. So I did a terrible set. And then uh, the next day was all hungover. But it was the night of the taping of the comedy set. And I went and I didn't do well. Like I, mm-hmm. I like. I think I bombed on on a TV set. Ugh, it sucks. really felt bad. And so then I got drunk after that. And <laughs> I was miser I was so upset. I was miserable. And I get back to the hotel in Aust- in Melbourne and I want to watch a movie. And so I turn on the movie. It's not working. I try a few times. I select this movie, starts to I start to play it and nothing happens. And I have to call down to the front desk, and I'm like, I'm so drunk, and I'm calling down saying, I'm trying, I'm trying to watch this movie, and it won't play. <laughs> and the person at the front desk is like, What, what movie are you trying to watch? And I, I said, Blade Trinity. And then she said, Blade Trinity. And as soon as she said it back to me, I was humiliated. <laughs> Like I, I should have just not tried to watch play Trinity. Blind Trinity, she, but she fixed it for me, and so I started watching it, and then I just passed out like while it was still on. But that's like a thing we always say to each other, like Blind Trinity, Blind Trinity, Blind Trinity. <laughs> People now know. Like she almost, it was almost like she was saying, "Are you sure you want to watch this?" <laughs> like if I wish like, I. You I, don't want to watch Blade Trinity. I would have been less embarrassed if I'd said I was trying to watch hardcore pornography. <laughs> well, who's in that movie anyway? Wesley Snipes. Others. That's it? <laughs> I can't remember who else is in it. Wesley Snipes was Blade. Trinity? <laughs> well, this is the third one. Oh, I see. It's a yes. trinity of him. That's not his name. No. Blade. No, his his name is Trinity? Blade. His name is not Blade Trinity. Hello, I'm Blade Trinity. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good name, actually. What is Wesley Snipes still alive? <laughs> He's still alive. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. He's I... still alive. He was just in the um, that uh, Dolomite movie that Netflix did, starring Eddie Murphy. Oh, I and didn't he had a see very that. Funny turn in you that. saw that? I did see it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Why didn't you watch it with me? I want to see it. I wanted to live my own life. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> God. Yeah, I have an apartment in the city where I go and watch my <laughs> movies. <laughs> my Netflix originals. <laughs> Can we talk about yesterday, about our Thanksgiving? Sure. We did a Thanksgiving of five. It was the two of us, our neighbors, Ben and Julie, 
and our friend Catherine. We made who's also a neighbor. Who's also a neighbor? They all are all friends and neighbors. They all live within walking. Yes. And so, so we no have travel a, involved. We have a backyard table <laughs> that is a uh, you know a physically distant setup. Um, it's a long, long table. And then we made Catherine a little kids table. <laughs> yeah, we borrowed Ben and Julie's card table and stuck it on his side. It. And we had a really nice time. Although we, set, it, we it, ate it, outside, and uh, it got in the fifties here, so we had to wear like coats and hats. Yeah, and we had to like at. Like, we put blankets out because it was, mm-hmm. like, cold. It was cold. It was cold. I was cold until this morning. Yeah. Like, I did not get warm until this morning. I was wondering how long we were going to last out there because of the weather. Of the weather dropping. Um, And we were out there for a while. Like, we started at 3, and I guess those guys left at 10, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it was really nice. It was really nice. Even as, as strange as it was and as, as far apart as we were, it was still... It was nice to be with people and to to feel kind of normal, even though we were. <laughs> Catherine made me laugh. Blankets outside. Because I was like so worried. I was like, I hope I'm not creating a super spreader rose garden event or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and then today I was like, I feel like we did our best, you know, with mm-hmm. with you know keeping it safe to be yes in proximity. Yeah. And Catherine said. I think we were so COVID compliant, Dr. Fauci would fly out here and kiss us on the <laughs> mouth or something like that. And that made me laugh because yeah. he wouldn't fly out here to kiss us on the mouth because that's not COVID compliant. <laughs> it was like the joke of, yeah. get it? Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Are you saying if I got it? No, I'm telling. I'm just. <laughs> for the listener. For the listener. Yeah. We ate a lot of food. Yes. It was, uh, Thanksgiving is like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if everyone has that experience on Thanksgiving. Eating a lot of food? (laughs) What are you, are you serious right now? I don't, I don't know anything anymore. (laughs) I've decided I don't know anything anymore. We had certain traditions in my house. Like, I remember (laughs) Thanksgiving, we had a lot of food. I don't know. (laughs) At Christmas, we would give each other gifts, but we would hide them in special paper. (laughs) (laughs) That is a neat custom. We should do that. (laughs) We also watched uh, uh, some of the parade, the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, yeah, we did. We watched the parade. Wait, we watched the parade because actually every Thanksgiving, the first thing I do in the morning before I start cooking I did not cook this year. We did take out from a restaurant trying to keep the restaurants going um, in our neighborhood. And but also trying not to cook. And also trying not to cook anymore <laughs> because I am tired of cooking Mission this accomplished year. all around. <laughs> and um, so the first thing I do on Thanksgiving is I turn on the parade. Yes. So that's just where, that's something I do as a tradition yeah. in addition to eating a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should check this out. It's called the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> it's only once a year. I do think I'm losing my mind. You're going to have to do the rest of this podcast. You have to do it. But you know what? Just something, do it. Something that I saw, because Dolly Parton was on. Oh, she yeah. did a performance. And uh, Who is maybe the greatest human being that's do? ever lived. Yeah, history, She's saying Holly Dolly Christmas. She's saying Holly Jolly Christmas. No, Holly Dolly Christmas. 
Her new album is called Holly Dolly Christmas, and she changed it from Holly Jolly Christmas to, to Holly to Dolly. Be fair, she only changed that one word. Dolly. Yeah. To Jolly Jolly to Dolly. Yeah, I know. No, she's saying Holly Jolly. You're right. It was Holly Jolly Christmas. She the name of the the name of the album. No, but she sings Holly Dolly. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've listened to the album. Okay, like okay. The important thing. It doesn't she even, doesn't want you to have a job. It doesn't jo- even matter what song she said. She doesn't want you to have a jolly Christmas. She wants you to have a dolly Christmas. Do you get it now? I, I didn't understand. <laughs> I wasn't confused as to the concept of a holly dolly Christmas. <laughs> I I grasped that concept. Okay. So she's singing this song. <laughs> you want to make sure I understood it? Yes. But do you understand what I'm saying? Is that all she did was change that one word, and it does not. Do you, but do you you think it meaningfully impacts the message of the song? Well, to her, it does because it's a different kind of Christmas she wants you to have. What? Okay. And how do you? <laughs> Holly Jolly Christmas. We all know what that means. It means that Jolly rhymes with Holly, and Jolly means happy. So we get right. that. Yeah. Now, what do you? How do you interpret a Holly Dolly Christmas? You gotta, you're gonna go. You're gonna go full Dolly. Like you're not gonna listen to other Christmas music. You're only gonna. Oh my God. To, you're only gonna listen to Dolly's Christmas music. Wow. And she wants you to give. That's like the big thing on her but album. But not to other people. <laughs> not to other musicians. <laughs> do charitable works, but do not listen to anyone else's music. <laughs> she I don't... If you go to a Salvation Army and they're playing someone else, some, some Burl Ives bullshit, you take your shit and get out of there. <laughs> Just imagine like calling out. Goodwills in the area. What music are you playing right now? I have a substantial amount of clothing I'm about to donate. And I'm having a Dolly Christmas. And I'm having... (laughs) And I have been advised to have a Holly Dolly Christmas. And I take that very seriously. I mean, you know what? Maybe the world would be a better place. (laughs) Okay. If we only had one musical artist. Okay, so here's what I here's what I made me so happy was that all of Dolly's band and backup singers uh-huh. were old as shit. <laughs> she's not exactly a millennial. I know, but the idea that she's either either she's been with the same people yeah. for a million years, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which I love. Totally. Or, and I also totally. I also love this equally. If she has to put together like a pickup band for this thing on the Macy's Parade, she's like, I want old people. I don't want, I don't want to deal with fucking young people. Yes. Old people show up, you know they'll what? know what they're doing, right. and they'll do it. I like that version actually better. <laughs> because that version is like you're you're setting a boundary. Yeah. You're not just like living your life and that's who you ended up with. It's yeah. like you're like, I have a line in the sand. Yeah. And my line is in the sand <laughs> is that I don't want to deal with young people bullshit anymore because I don't. I'm not a young person yeah. do- dishing out the bullshit. I'm Dolly Parton. I don't want anyone on that stage under 60. <laughs> That's she, the youngest they can be. I just heard her. She was on Brene Brown's podcast. 
And uh, apparently, like, so Brene Brown asked her, like, what was one of her pet peeves? Mm -hmm. And she said she hates more than anything when people are late. Oh, shit. That she feels like it's the rudest thing. Like, it holds, you know, like, people up their time Mm -hmm. and money and their and their stuff going on and like you know everyone else made the effort to be there yeah you know i'm kind of that way though that makes me feel guilty i know because you're you have a punctuality issue it comes and goes there was a time that i i was doing great where i really got it together and i was early for everything Mm -hmm. and that lasted for a good long while Mm -hmm. and then I don't know. I I do. I put too many things. Yeah, to- <laughs> you do. Go on. The worst is. Tell me more. <laughs> being late for a Zoom is the worst. I've been late for a couple <laughs> Zooms. I'm like. It's like I'm sorry. I got caught up in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> I I do not. I have to be early to things. That's just my own personal thing, and. You know, I'm friends. I have friends with like ADD and stuff and they're late a lot and it tries my patience and I I want to be you know, kind of tolerant of it. But like I've gotten to a place with some friends where I'll say a different time. Mhm. You know, to trick them. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll only be 5 minutes late instead of a half hour late. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just a thing I have. But yeah. I, I, I have to become more tolerant and patient mm-hmm. because even someone that has it in them to be early, like, and I know this because I'm one of those people, sometimes something will happen where you are late. Yeah. And then you feel like mortified, like you just like, yes. it, it's the worst. Yeah. But on the other hand, they're like life happens like mm-hmm. even you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions or whatever mm-hmm. like just shit gets in the way sometimes like there's traffic or an accident or something happens yeah you know one time i heard on the radio here because it's hard to be early here in la too man that's true because of well now we haven't gone anywhere but in our previous lives <laughs> before march of 2020 like we had to be everywhere all the like when you're an actor you're on call like all the time like you have to be like oh you have to be in Santa Monica at this time tomorrow and then you have to Your be in West Hollywood can change you just have to constantly. be like fluid yeah. and you yeah. have you know and um and so you're constantly planning and and using Google Maps and stuff and doing math but like uh I heard on the radio like a some kind of like time management expert or something. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you add 12 minutes to any commute, you will more than likely be on time. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, I don't know if that, if there, if that expired a while, I heard this years ago, <laughs> you know, like, 
now like you have to add like 30 because yeah. the population of LA has tripled or something. Yeah. Who knows, you know, but, uh, I just, uh, so I'm always like adding like 15 or 20. Yeah. I just like need cushion, but LA used to be, annoying. you could get anywhere in a half hour mm-hmm. and now it's an hour. Oh yeah. There's no way you yeah. can get anywhere in a half hour in yeah. LA anymore. I used to actually, I felt like it used to be 20 minutes, but I also lived further closer to the center of town. Yeah. I yeah, used yeah. to live like near, like further east. Yeah. I mean, further west. Sorry. I kept moving east. <laughs> <laughs> I still co-signed it, even though I knew it was wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You just, yeah, whatever. Anyway, what an annoying personality quirk I shared with, with the world. <laughs> what that you don't like when people are late? Yeah, that's an annoying. That's that not like You're a not sanctimonious. A, like I don't, I don't think. Th- Here's the thing. There's, I think there is a difference between somebody who, when you're thinking of that being a pet peeve, I think most of the time you're thinking about certain people in your life who are chronically late by a lot, mm-hmm. where they are absolutely holding things up, where it's like. You're sitting there looking at your watch. That's yes. how that's how late they are. Yes. You're not talking about it's five o'clock and you got here at five oh five. Like that's not ideal. Like, hey, I got here at five. How come you weren't here at five? But what you're talking about is people that are habitually doing this again and again and again because it does feel like oh, man, I remember a friend of mine years ago said this. We were talking about being late, and he said, uh, you know, it it sends a message that you don't care. And, yeah, it's rude. And, I think it's rude. He said, but he said, he said, it sends a message that you don't care. And it's true. Like, if I'm late for something, it's because I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. And that was like a hard truth to admit about certain things. I would not say that's always true of me. I think that I no, do. You overcommit. You overcommit. I overcommit. But I have been late to things because I I was not looking forward to doing them, and because I procrastinated. And frankly, it's, it's cuckoo. cuckoo. <laughs> I I procrastinated and then left too late because I was emotionally putting off going there right. for as long as I could. That doesn't make it right, though. That's no, my issue. Doesn't. That's not the other person's issue. And if I agree to something. It's I, I have to be impeccable with my word and show up when they ask me to show up. There's also a thing where sometimes if you if you are familiar with a certain, you know, uh, thing that you're being asked to do, you're like, I know they don't really need me there that early. But that doesn't matter if they're asking you to be there that early. It's for their peace of mind, yeah. because I always have to go back and reframe it. What if, if I were asking? Something. Yes, if I if were asking this of someone, and the person isn't at the call time yes. that you gave them, yeah. then you're going to be like flipping out. Yeah, and I try to. If I'm producing something, I try to figure out how can I do it so that people will be sitting around for the least amount of time, like so that they can be engaged doing the thing that I'm asking them there to do. But if it, if there's a rehearsal involved, whatever, try to stagger rehearsal times. But I also don't want it to be like if I tell you to be there at five thirty don't show up at 5.45 because that, that time is precious because we only have so long before the house opens or whatever. Right. You know? So it, it is like I have, to, I, have to, I have to remind myself always that I'm putting someone in a position that I would not want them to put me in. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. If you're not five minutes early, you're late. I feel like Was you've just been thing? waiting to say that. 
That's the saying, right? People have different versions. Some people oh, say okay. 10 minutes early. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. If you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. Yeah. Oh, so you immediately <laughs> accept that one. I think, though, like, in terms of the way I, like, the skill set I've developed as, like, a working at, like, a hustling actor, like, trying, like, you know, always needing a job, trying to get a job, Mm -hmm. you know, going from place to place, having to be fluid, like, all the time, be, you know, that I just, like, developed ways to be okay if I'm out of place early mm-hmm. and like busy myself with some other, other thing Yeah, that like, I know I'm going to be waiting. I know I am. Yeah. Like that's all I do is sit in waiting rooms. <laughs> like that's hey, maybe, all I do. Maybe God gave us these phones for a reason. <laughs> maybe he did. Do you know, do you remember this was a while ago? It was a few years ago. I had two, auditions that were on opposite parts of town. Yeah. They're within an hour. Each other. One was familiar. in Santa Monica. One was in Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like on the edge of rush hour. Yes. I remember this kind of. And so the first was this, it was some show like JJ Abrams produced it. It was a, it was a, an hour long drama about like a sort of post-apocalyptic kind of thing. I, I can't, was it called power? I can't remember. I feel like the, the logo for the show was like a, a sort of, you know, computer power symbol. Okay. I go there and do that. That that runs late. Like I'm waiting. Uh-huh. And I'm just looking at my watch. Like, well, I'm never gonna make that other one. Sure. Yeah. So I go in, do the audition. It's not good. <laughs> so then I have to get to this other audition, which is for the new Aaron Sorkin show, The Newsroom. And I know that the the casting associate, and so I am in my car on my way to Santa Monica. Am I wrong? But did hold on, don't. I was going to say I feel like I just remember who cast it, but keep going. So I am on my way, and this is going to be with the session is going to be with the producers, and it's going to be Aaron Sorkin and all this. So it's like, okay, I want to go do a good job, and so I'm on my way, and I'm just looking at the clock. And it's like, I'm not going to make this. And I keep calling. Do you still want me to come in? Because there's no way. I'm 45 minutes past my time yeah. or whatever. And they're like, yeah. no, no, no. Keep coming in. Keep coming. We want you to come in. Just head over here. We'll, we'll see you when you get here. And so then it's getting, it's getting like absurdly past the time. And I'm like, are you, there's an, are you still there? Like, what, are you sure you want me to come in? Like, yes, absolutely. So I get there. There's one person there. <laughs> Everyone else has gone home. Uh-huh. And so I do this and I'm, I'm fucking, I'm frazzled and I'm not, I'm going to, I should, I should have just said, you know what, can I come in another day or, or, or whatever, because I'm not going to, this is not good. And I get in there when I see, when I get in there and see that there's only one person there, I'm deflated and it's like, this sucks. And they should have just let me go home. Right. (laughs) And so I do it. I don't get it. When the show comes out, I see the scene that I auditioned for and my part is, been the part that I auditioned for was split up over like literally five people in this scene. And then it ends up being this scene that last year, for some reason, people were sharing around. It was oh. the scene that took place on an airplane where the, the, the 
two of the cast members of the show are informing the flight crew that Osama bin Laden oh, is wait, just been was killed. it like was it sent around I want to say it was sent around this year was that this year no maybe you're right it was last year but like because I remember it came up we were at a friend's house yeah. and y'all started talking about that scene. That's right. And I was like, I don't remember it. Cause I had seen it was new- this year. It was earlier this yeah, year. I feel yeah. like I had seen newsroom, Yeah, but like, not really like I wasn't like watching it religiously or whatever. Yeah. And I had like a vague memory of it. And then y'all sent it to me. It's on like YouTube or something. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is an insane scene. It's there's so many things. It's wrong an with insane it. scene. Here's the thing. The thing that that really got me the most was that it's two two of our heroes. They're trapped on this plane. The plane won't take off. They work for the news. <laughs> they work in a room that does the news. They work in a room full of news. <laughs> and so the one guy is getting very impatient and he is arguing with the female flight attendant. Uh, he's being very sassy with her because they, he wants to get. The plane he wants off. to take off. Exactly. You know how that is like a normal thing. If the plane yeah. isn't taking off, you decide to tell them. Yeah. Hey, I'm can a, you take off now? I'm, a- I'm an important news person. <laughs> There's news happening that I have to get to. And so. Because like that's going to do it. So he's like calling her a crazy lady and stuff. And then uh, they get the news. And then it's, at a certain point, there's like a. I forget what prompts it, but the the flight crew is like yelling at this guy, and then the captain comes out, and he's like, what's all this? <laughs> and he has to, he gets to tell them, you know, I'm very happy to report that we've killed Osama bin Laden. But he, so when he addresses <laughs> the people, yeah, <laughs> he still addresses her, like, it, he the, says here's it, the thing, here's, he, hold on, here's the thing, yeah. is that it dawns on him, like, oh my God, this is important to these people because they've been flying in fear ever since then. Yeah, which, and by the way, this wasn't lo- that long enough after 9-11. Because, first of all, Newsroom, didn't it take place two years before the yes. year that it was yes, out? Yes, 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 Like, that was the whole premise of Newsroom is it's like, we're going to take news That's from two years sort of prior. Recent, but not that recent. So, okay, so Bin Laden was assassinated in 2011. So this must have been twenty. 20- 13 then i guess is that right i guess yeah yeah so like it was only like 12 years after 9-11 we're still taking our fucking shoes off at the t like yeah. even today yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so it's like a strange conceit for any character to not be aware that being on a plane and being belligerent to flight crew Yes. Might alert them to a terrorism threat. Exactly, exactly. Like, it doesn't even make sense. No. So, when he's finally, it finally dawns <laughs> on him, like, oh, wow, people who work on planes, they probably think about this a lot, about planes being <laughs> yeah. hijacked and stuff. He was like, oh, this is, wait, I heard about this thing called empathy. Yeah. I think I'm going to try it out for a minute. So, he addresses <laughs> the flight crew, and he's like, Captain... And somebody else, and then he turns to the female flight attendant he's been arguing with, and says, crazy lady. And then he tells them, it's my honor to tell you that we killed Osama bin Laden for you. <laughs> Why does he still... So he's had this realization. Why is he still calling her crazy lady? Because she's just a dumb bitch. <laughs> exactly. 
He's like, exactly. you're, you're just a fucking faceless She's woman. She's just a dumb bitch. Yes. You're just some faceless woman who's put on this earth to be in the service industry for me. And you're on a power trip. I. It was so... I guess it was supposed to be like comedy. It was supposed to be a funny moment when he said crazy lady. Yes. Okay. Well, guess what's not funny to women <laughs> watching a an entitled man call a woman crazy lady. Yeah. It wasn't funny at all. And it also. Was there one female in that writer's room at all? Oh, I, well, that, that was its own story. Anyway, we don't have time for that, but there were problems we there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got. We have to take a break. Actually, oh, it's time for. Our, it's time for our a word from our two. We have two two sponsors. Sponsor. Enjoy both of them, and we'll see you in a second. Wow, it's Black Friday. It's time to start thinking about what to get for gifts this Christmas. Well, let me tell you about Usual Wines. Usual Wines are for the modern drinker. Each very sleek, modern, sexy, stylish bottle is 6.3 ounces, which is a heavy pour or about a glass and a half of wine. It's perfect for sharing during COVID times because you each have your individual bottle. They have a special holiday product coming out called Usual Reserve. It's an ultra-premium, limited-edition, in Mount Vider Cabernet Sauvignon. Introducing Usual Reserve. This is our most special wine yet, they say, just in time for the holidays. Hailing from one of the most celebrated plots of land in all of Napa, this Cabernet Sauvignon is concentrated and rich with just enough grip. Gift it to someone special or keep it all for yourself. The holidays as usual. Go to their website at www.usualwines.com and use our discount code STAYFHOMKINS for $8 off your first order. Check out their website, www.usualwines.com and use discount code STAYFHOMKINS and happy gifting. Stay of Homekins is proud to be sponsored this week by Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. Well, how do they do that? With a quiz, an online quiz, you get quick, reliable results. Care Of's holistic online quiz is like getting a one-on-one -on -one consultation with a nutritionist all without leaving your house, which we love. I love taking their online quiz. It was really fun. They also have vitamins, supplements, and protein powders. Your recommendations come in daily individual wrapped packets that are perfect for getting back into a routine. And they also keep you on track by reminding you to take them every day. As the seasons change, it's important to get ahead of taking care of your immune health. So for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code HOMEKIN. 50. That's 50% 50 off your first care of order at takecareof.com. Homekins 50. Welcome back. Thank you. That was our lovely sponsors, Care of Unusual Wine. That's right. You heard them. Oh, we did put out our little video this week. <laughs> That's right. So here's what happened. So Paul was reading an ad mm -hmm. for Usual Wines. And as he is inclined to do, mm, I like to have some fun. <laughs> he did a funny, exaggerated pronunciation of Cabernet Sauvignon by saying Cabernet Sauvignon. Yes. Okay. Now 
I also like to pronounce souvenir Suavonier. <laughs> this would not have been an issue. I, a lot of so oh so then a couple weeks later. Also, by the way, it wasn't an issue. <laughs> Let's start out by saying that it was far from an issue. What was happening was I did an ad read later on for Usual Wines, and I decided to like in just a mischievous little nod to <laughs> just the most mischievous little nod i just wanted to like you know give a little wink <laughs> just a tiny little wink to pausing cabernet sauvignon so i incorporated this Silly pronunciation mm-hmm. into the ad read. Mm-hmm. Well, we started. So after he did it, then I did it. Which, by the way, this was not our first usual wines ad. Like, no, far from it. I think we had done previous ones where I'm sure we read it straight. No, I probably I may have done it every time. <laughs> oh, you did it every time. Yeah. Well, it's like if you start doing something as a joke, sometimes <laughs> that just becomes the way you pronounce like that word. Trinity. <laughs> Light Trinity. Okay, so anyway, so so then we started getting um messages about it from listeners. People's cards and letters were pouring in. And that's fine. I it didn't like it was like oh it was kind of amusing, right? Yes. So but what really was the nail. <laughs> so we got some I don't know, listener email that was like uh, you're pronouncing this wrong. <laughs> this is how you pronounce it. And I was like, okay, fine. And then my friend Catherine. <laughs> From the little kid's ca- table. I swear to God, like 15 minutes after I had seen yet another listener <laughs> message, texted me <laughs> and said, I feel like a total asshole. <laughs> Pointing this out, but I'm curious. Are did you guys know that you were? Because also her father's from France, like French. So she was. She was like, "Did you guys know that you were mispronouncing Cabernet? You know, like whatever." And so because this, like, so then I was like, "Wait a minute, Catherine, who I like talked to, like." Almost every other day of my life, like, didn't know. And <laughs> so I started, like, dying laughing at this point. And I was like, oh, my God, Paul. Catherine said this. And then and then I told her, you know, it was totally, a, like, a joke. It was a goof. A goof. And then, of course, her boyfriend, Mike, was like, please tell her I knew it was. <sighs> And then I advised you not to send that message. <laughs> and I was like, duly noted, Mike. So then I told, so now, like, now that I'm realizing, like, someone I know well and have known for over a decade yeah. did not quite catch our mischief. <laughs> and that's what prompted us to make the Instagram video. Yes. Like immediately, we just like just sat up on the. I was we like, we also thought it would be fun. We just we thought it'd be fun. fun. We thought it'd be fun and, and also clear the air. <laughs> you know, we had to clear the air. <laughs> we had to clear. 
Now, speaking of clearing the air, yeah. today was the day that I put up all the Christmas oh decorations. Oh, my God, y'all. Paul has been working his derriere. <laughs> it was an all-day thing. It was an all-day thing. He's not even thing. done. No. We don't even have a Christmas tree yet. We still got to go do that. I can't wait for the Christmas tree. <sighs> he won't get a fake one. I know. I can't do it. Can't do it. All I do is vacuum needles, y'all. That's Honey. my. De- you know what my December is? Vacuuming needles. <laughs> oh, Cinderella. So I fucking do. <laughs> fucking needles. Look everywhere. That's not a true. You enjoy the tree. I guess. Oh. I enjoy. Here's what I enjoy. Hmm. I enjoy the tree after it is purchased, installed, and decorated. Yes. Up until... What? <laughs> What's that mean? That's what everyone enjoys. <laughs> no, and then until the day it immediately has to come down, which is like New Year's Day. Period. Like there is no, like it can't be up past, if it's past the second, like. Christmas stuff after New Year's Day. Is it, is is a bummer. It's bleak. (laughs) It makes me feel bad. Although I do enjoy a a decent year round Christmas ornament store. (laughs) Absolutely. I could not agree more. I'm like, I could not sometimes agree more. like I go in one of those stores like in the summer or something and I'm like, I get it. Like I get this. I remember <laughs> see, last year seeing a commercial, some commercial that had set, like a car commercial or something that had Santa Claus in it that was like in like mid January and I was like, Oh, this is horrible and I posted <laughs> about it on Twitter and then uh Nicole Thurman, who's a very funny comedian and actor, responded. I think about this response so often. She was like Ugh, he's nasty. Get him out of there. <laughs> I was like, that's ex- exactly it. That's exactly it. That's how it feels. Get him out of there. By the way, um, so like Santa's this year. Yeah. <laughs> like mall Santa's, like that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Santa's helpers. <laughs> Not the real Santa, but his helpers. The helpers. They're like, this is not a good year for them. Because they yeah. can't, you make, know. Make kids cry the way they love. <laughs> they have to, like, have a piece of plexiglass between them and the kid outside. Wait, are they doing that shit? I think they're, or, and maybe there's Zoom or something, you know. I don't, look, this is not, this is, like, a lot of weird niche industries have mm. been, like, hobbled this year. Very that true. was one of them. Very true. Was the live Santa appearance people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like Sorry, their guys. big thing at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So that's 2020 for you. So parents, you're going to have to make your own kids cry. <laughs> Do you know, okay, like when I was a kid, I don't know, we had this tradition, not just eating food on Thanksgiving, but... <laughs> When I was a kid, um, I was told that this guy, Santa, comes around 
to your house while you're sleeping on Christmas Eve and like leaves. <laughs> leaves like, you know, presents for you and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, like I remember like when I realized it was a little it was a little gradual mm-hmm. you know like that that santa uh, spoiler alert if your kids are listening to this if your kids are young enough <laughs> to be waiting on presents from santa claus turn off the podcast right now yeah and forever don't also i dropped the f-bomb like liberally yeah, this is not for you to listen to with your kid we forbid you to listen to this with little kids <laughs> I feel like the the moment of the realization that Santa was not real mm-hmm. is like a trauma I need to work through or something because still <laughs> yeah maybe I do wow because there was like a symbolism <laughs> of like <laughs> like like an end of an era it was like like a like your childhood is. You're whatever this thing is that you're having. That's right. This magical. It's the closest thing boys have to a period. <laughs> what is? <laughs> what is? Well, that's the end of my boyhood. Now I'm a man. <laughs> I don't believe Santa. in Santa Claus anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying, like. <laughs> I hope my dad will take me to the drugstore. <laughs> also, maybe the fact that it kind of coincided with my parents' divorce. Like. <laughs> Oh, do you think <laughs> that, might, that be, might be behind that? That might be the trauma we have to work through. <laughs> you think it's like, hey, my parents got divorced. I get it. Uh, <laughs> people grow apart. The Santa thing. <laughs> I'm saying it now. That I'm realizing it. You know, when you're <laughs> when you're eight, yeah, <laughs> your parents divorce. Okay, and also you realize Santa might be. A lie. I don't. What, here's what's funny because when we, you realize Santa and your parents' marriage is a lie, <laughs> and therefore love is, <laughs> and um, love doesn't exist. I we and we, it's not a safe. It's not secure. <laughs> we talk about this on an upcoming episode of Freedom. Um, oh, about, sorry. About when you no no no. no. <laughs> and it got me. I still. I'm not quite sure <laughs> of what is the average age. When you stop believing in Santa, like what is too? I think old? eight or nine. Eight or nine. That's my, that's my feeling on it. Maybe I, eight. The older I get, the the more those ages are meaningless to me. Like I don't remember the big difference between them. You know, like from really from yeah, I don't like I. I, I feel I, like I do, but I don't know why I can't. Like I can't, but a lot happened in my life. I can't you know picture what I mean? like, like what I was know... my what 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 was life like when I was six versus what it was like when I was nine. Like I, I can't. That's because your childhood had like stability and like a theme. Really, <laughs> you lived in it. The, the theme was fear. I will say this: <laughs> I understand that you had a you had a tumultuous upbringing. Yeah, but there were certain markers. That you didn't endure tumultuousness from, like for example, you you lived in the same that's right house that's right from birth 
until leaving the nest. Yeah. And then your parents like died in I mean like well not your dad, he moved in with your sister, right? Yes, after but my mom died. After, yeah. yeah, but like that is like an enormously long time. True. And all your memories are in that house and you know, you didn't move to another state, you didn't change schools, you went to the same school the whole mm-hmm. like I think because like I had a lot of change mm-hmm. as a child. And so those moments demarcate age six or age nine. You know what I'm saying? That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because like my 20s, I can remember where based, you on, were, based on moving. Where you live. Based on yeah, different, yeah. different stages of that portion of my life. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I can see that. I can see how that would be. Now you had other things to work through. I'm not trying to minimize. I know you're not your honey. pain. I know. <laughs> I know you're not. I know Look, you're not. The, everyone has trauma. Everyone has childhood trauma. That's just like, that's just human. That's everyone's a, got trauma. Go tell Obama, Lady <laughs> Shepley. <laughs> Save your trauma for Obama. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, it's part of the human experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people don't think they do, though. No. Really? There's a, there's a lot of people that are in denial about their experience, like their their un, uh, unpleasant experiences in their lives or how, you know, that... Some, I, I think some people have good... I think some people have genuinely good childhoods and they had... You know, I mean, good upbringings, good technically parents. Technically, I had a good, I had good parents. Technically, yeah. whatever. My childhood wasn't all misery. Like I got to fucking play with my friends, and you know what oh, I mean. Oh, you had like, your I fucking had... cousins that lived on yeah, the other side of the right. of the duplex. That's or right. Whatever. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of good stuff, which I think is like the coolest thing in the universe. But it was. It was fun. It was fun. I think that that is just sort of like the cocktail of life. Like you have, you know, joy. Mm-hmm. But you also have instability. Fun. You have the seasons in the sun. <laughs> Can I? I know it's behind me. It's over what is my shoulder. You? Cuckoo? No. It's a it's a Christmas decoration that oh. you are not fond of. Oh, that fucking snowman! <laughs> I see it. You moved, and I fucking saw it. The demon fucking snowman. I hate that thing. This is a little fat snowman. He's a ceramic snowman. It's vintage. Is he a snowman mean? or is he a demon? He's a, he is a snowman. Ew, his he just changed colors. <laughs> his fucking red eyes are glowing like I put a bulb in him devil. that changes colors. He has he has holes in his in his eyes. He has no eyes. He has hollow eyes. He has he has those hollow eyes like like in that in that uh I don't know, that horror movie. Hollow eyes? Yeah. I don't even know what it's called. I don't know what Where they mean. have the blank eyes that are lights. The blank eyes that are I, lights? I'll find it. Okay. Someone's going to know what I'm talking right. about. I, lo- I think it's very cute, but you think it's horrific. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> On this we can agree. <laughs> you don't think you'll ever warm up to him? No, I don't think so. Because <laughs> here's the thing: just based on evolution, mm-hmm. 
We should fear a being with lights in place of eyes. That is a primal survival instinct that we evolved to have. What if we were evolving (laughs) to have lights for eyes and Uh, we should welcome this? Oh, I see. So you are, in this scenario, you are the more advanced, evolved being. Well, I don't (laughs) want to say anything. You weren't fishing, but you like what you caught. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. I'll give you that. If that's the case, I'm not at my evolutionary stage where... All I ask is that if we get to the... Within our lifetimes, if human beings evolve to the point where we have lights for eyes, (laughs) all I'm asking is that you say you were right. I really if I'm saying if and when that happens is that so much to ask you can't give it up for that (laughs) if I called that and it happened within our lifetime okay all right I'll give it to you I'll say you were right and I was wrong I'll say Paul you're fucking right we were evolving to have lights for eyes (laughs) and when I felt unsafe around that tiny ceramic snowman (laughs) Now, when we do have lights for eyes, <laughs> yes. when we look at each other, uh huh, do we have to wear sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, like how is that what you're getting at? I'm just wondering, like what what is our vision going to be like if there are lights in our eyes? I think if we have lights for eyes and you look at me, that I would be it would be flattering because <laughs> you're lighting, like you're you know like blowing out my wrinkles a little bit. Sure. <laughs> As long as it's not like LED. Like, I want like a warm no, like Edison. No, it's got to be a warm Edison bulb I light. want an Edison bulb. Yeah. I need some warmth. I need a little amber. Just yeah. a little amber. Yeah. You know. The, the, the third setting on the ring light. I would say, like, the worst would be um, fluorescent. Yeah. And if it made the noise. <laughs> <laughs> because then, like, you're... if. If we're like reading in bed next to each other and you're making that humming noise with your fucking eyes, it's going to make me <laughs> angry. <laughs> like I'm going to be like, go to fucking sleep already. I'm trying do you, to. <laughs> do you think we'll be able to adjust the brightness of the lights in our eyes? Yeah, they'll probably get like fading out when you're tired. Like they get lower. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? so bad what would be weird is if you're a performer mm-hmm. and you're looking out into the dark theater and oh, it's just no. a bunch of pinpoint light eyes yeah highlights i don't like that like I, that's creepy right i also don't want my eyes illuminating the faces in the audience because that's always weird i don't well, like to i don't see think they're gonna really illuminate clearly. their faces so much because there's only going to be one of you and like 150 of them oh so say, they're I'm not gonna illuminating be like, all of them but enough of them where i won't like it these are going to be sunglass only shows where i'm wearing sunglasses they're wearing sunglasses wait like although, a 3d movie like a 3d i don't mind if all i'm used to having lights on me on stage so they don't have to wear sunglasses so i'll just wear the sunglasses okay yeah. Okay. And then if they're into what I'm doing, like instead, this will replace lighters and you just move your head from side <laughs> to side. The worst is if they don't like what you're doing and they're walking out and leaving, you would be seeing each person dribble away oh. 
as the light slowly dimmed. What if they didn't like something? They just closed their eyes. <laughs> they all fell asleep. <laughs> you would know if somebody was falling asleep because their light would get dimmer. Then I could roast them so hard. Ooh, I love when you wrote. I okay. <laughs> Here's a, a lot of people don't know. Like they know from this episode that you d- were a stand-up. Yes. I don't know if you'll ever do stand-up again. I will. You think Someday, so? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, but here's what y'all don't know. I think I've said this before on the podcast. Is that Paul wasn't like... <laughs> he wasn't just like just a stand-up. Like, he was like the stand-up. Uh, that's not true. What does that mean even? It means like you were like a master at it. And what people don't even know, like, fine, you can look up his stand-up. You can look it up on CD. Fine. On CDs and, like, the special, that one special they won't fucking release. <laughs> Whatever. What's <laughs> going on with that? You can look all that up. But what what you don't understand is that Paul, live, doing stand-up, is... Every like it's so much better than a produced stand up. Like your produced stand up is amazing, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like your real like expertise, I should say, is off the cuff mm-hmm. comedy. Like that is like not a written stand up routine. Like fine, he does his written stand up routine. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'm saying like the spontaneity of his stand-up you like the riffing you like the riffing what honey honey everybody likes the riffing no i'm not i'm not saying people don't like it i'm not i'm not trying to talk you out of it i think i even mentioned this on the show before but i'm mentioning it again and i don't fucking care you can write me and tell me (laughs) i repeated myself guess what i'm not gonna be shocked in any way shape or form because i repeat myself a lot that's right but when you did that um, improvised stand-up set, when mm-hmm. you did that, um, when y'all did that Super Ego residency in Charleston. Oh, at, yes, that's right. At Theater 99. Yeah. And you did that improvised stand-up at the first half of the show. Yeah. Because the idea was to have the whole show be improvised. The whole show was improvised because Super Ego does improv. They're like an improv troupe. And yes. they have a whole set of podcasts that you can listen to that are really funny. Um that's an improv group, but he came out as a lone stand-up and said, give me like a word or a topic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then people would like say it. And then he would go and like do like a 10 minute chunk on like whatever they said. And it was like, I, it was like mind blowing. Anyway, my point is, this is what I'm really getting to is that these people with the light eyes. <laughs> is that. <laughs> this is the point i was trying to make but i had to let people understand what they're getting into at the show Mm -hmm. if they fall asleep with their light eyes (laughs) their eyes closed and then you roast them that's right that like some of paul's and this is not an invitation to heckle because it's it's not good to heckle there, by the way, there's no such thing as invitation to heckle. It will never be offered. 
<laughs> if you think someone is if you think someone is offering you an invitation to heckle, you're wrong. By the way, you don't want to heckle. Here, here's the thing: you don't want to heckle Paul anyway because he will annihilate Follow you. Your car. No, he will annihilate. <laughs> like he will mortify you. He will humiliate you. Honey, though that's so true. This is embarrassing me. <laughs> In what way, like, is too much? No, well, it's because, of course, but that's, I, you know that's I, true, I, right? I love that you think of me that way, but it's embarrassing. But you agree that, like, if somebody, ha- like, if someone, ha- <laughs> do you agree with me that if someone heckled you, that you, like, you're kind of, like, take no prisoners? Yes, I can agree with that. And also, like, don't do it. Also, don't do it. Also, don't do it because it's not even, like... <laughs> Like it's very, (laughs) I think it's satisfying for people who aren't heckling to see you take care of it handily in the moment Mm -hmm. because it's like, shut the fuck up. We paid to see this show and this person is making it all about them Mm -hmm. somehow, you know, and then, uh, and you're like nipping it in the bud. And so there's like a. There's like a cathartic experience. It yeah, hopefully. with the other people, not hopefully. not you or the heckler. No, no, no. <laughs> what did the heckler found a cathartic? <laughs> I do what I like to do is I like to what I learned over years of doing stand up was and it it's a it's a hard lesson. It was a hard lesson for me to learn, but then when I learned it, it was very valuable that when somebody says something at a show they're not necessarily heckling they're not necessarily trying to you know insult you or derail you right sometimes people are just so into it that they can't help but say something you know and so what i try to do is annihilate those no i try to feel it out first and see what is this person's intention you know what's going on here and then but i also try to nip that in the bud too if it's like if people get sort of like the idea that Oh, this is a back and forth. It's like, it's not supposed to be. And <laughs> we've talked long enough and now it's time for right, us to right, stop right. talking. But you, you know, you usually know pretty quickly if somebody has a bad intent. You That's know. true. Yeah. Well, did, I remember one time, this is not going to be a good memory for you, <laughs> but. Bring it. <laughs> I remember one time you were doing this show in Dallas. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were doing like the Tompkins 300. Yeah. And I was like pretty excited that we were going, like I had taken, it was in April 2010. I hadn't visited. This is where I went to acting school. Our drama Paige school. was there at the time. Yeah. And we were going to see her. And there were these, I don't know, this like small little handful, like four people. Like four people. It was two couples, I think. And they um, showed up to the show. Literally think they just were like drunk and like wandered in to see they bought tickets though they did buy tickets they weren't drunk it was because it was at a theater and they were sitting in the front row and they were just talking they were just talking to each other through the show and then you told them to leave yeah because they wouldn't stop and and they left and they left i said if you if you leave i'm not going to make fun of you i'm just going to go on with the show but but oh and then some, some people like started clapping and you told us not to clap yeah 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 us i don't think i was one of the people but it's you were in the audience. correction. Yeah. But people were like clapping when they left because they were like disruptive. And you were like, no, no, let them leave or whatever. But I, then when I they said, left, I, left, I, there was a big applause when they yes. finally exited. Yes. And then I tore them apart. But um, yeah, you did. What what 
what I, I remember saying to them, it's early enough in the show, you can probably get your money back. You're not enjoying this. And it's, it's, it's distracting for me, you know. Uh-huh. So why don't you just leave? And it's fine. You know, I'm not going to make fun of you, whatever. Until you leave. <laughs> and they let, yeah. Well, you know what? They had to know that. But, um, but the thing is, is that I still had people, somebody contacted me and said, hey, that was really a drag when you did that. Oh, and really? And you should have just ignored them. They didn't like it? Because I yeah. kind of liked it. They thought they, but here's the thing. <laughs> I get why that would make a certain type of person uncomfortable and they don't know why it makes them uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And so they want to blame me and they want, they want, they want to tell me I should have just ignored it when my whole point was I can't just ignore it. It's too much. Right. There's a, there's what you don't understand. What people don't understand is when you're doing stand up, if you're on stage, if you're, if you're a solo performer of any kind, you are completely aware of everything that is happening in that room and you're registering it all uh-huh. and you are deciding the things that you can ignore and the things that you can't ignore. Right. Some things, some things are, are a drag. You hear it. It's a distraction. It gets in the way. You know, it might get in the way, but you're like, it's not going to, ru- I can go, I can get past that. Uh-huh. But people, for people that are sitting in the front row that are just constantly, they're talking to each other through the whole show. That's too much. Right. That's like, I can't just ignore it because I I can hear them. <laughs> I can see them and I can hear them. I, here's the thing, though, and uh, to people who are like, it was drag when you did that or whatever. It it was rude to everybody else in there. Yeah, exactly. It's not just Because there were people sitting around them. It's not just that it's distracting to you. Yeah. Whatever, fine. You're still going to get paid the same amount at the end of the night, no matter what you do. You're just going to... Well, sh- that's not necessarily true. Well, right. Like, you get... They got a refund. You got less of the door. Whatever. But also, I could have... There are things I could have done that probably I would not have gotten paid. Well, what I, my point is this, is that if you're someone who, like, you work all week, you spent money on an expensive theater ticket, you know, or whatever... Are you laughing because they weren't expensive? They were like ten dollars. <laughs> it wasn't that expensive, and yet somebody told me that they thought it was too much money, and that's why they didn't go. And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> My point is, though, is like it's not cheap to go out and see, yeah, like a performance, exactly. Like, and if you're going to be a dick to the people around you, then just go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my whole thing. It's not. The, even, I mean, it is rude is to not, you, and I agree that that yes. you should take measures to make it a safe space yeah. for you to perform. But it's other people in the audience that spent that spent money yeah. to be there. If you're not enjoying you know? something, the answer is not to stay there and just talk through it like it's not happening. The answer is to leave. Just go, and it's fine. Also, I've not enjoyed things before and have actually felt pretty guilty about leaving. I don't know that I've ever felt guilt about leaving something that I wasn't I enjoying. felt pretty bad. I left, I left, I don't even, I saw a terrible play not that long ago. <laughs> was that that we went to together, that no, one? No, I took my mom. Oh, okay. And I was like, we can't stay at this. It's so bad. I kind of like a thing that it you don't realize so is bad until after it's bad. over. And then you realize, hey, now that we're talking about it, I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> All right, we should wrap this up. Do you have recommendations? Do I? Oh, shit. Guys, first of all, this is the time I would very much like to mention that we have for sale. This is Black Friday. Mm -hmm. um, 
our official Stay of Homekins podcast merch that is sold in collaboration with our partners at Kinship Goods. Now, Kinship Goods is based in Charleston, West Virginia. And everyone who has bought one of our sweet sweatshirts and, and T-shirts and have gotten a mug or sticker or anything have raved about the quality of the sweatshirts and T-shirts. In fact, I'm wearing one right now. Like, I never take it off. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but they have a brand new line out for Black Friday Small Business Saturday. Um, the collection is called Self-Help. And they have 14 new designs at www.kinshipgoods.com. And there's free shipping all weekend through Monday. So not only should you go and support kinshipgoods.com for all of your holiday shopping, um, check out all their stuff, but also uh, you should get your Stay at Homekins podcast merch. You really should. And yeah, we're we're so happy to be partnered with Kinship Goods and... We hope you all will buy a bunch of stuff from them for <laughs> gifts. Yeah, and support Small Business Saturday because yeah. it's, you know, this has been a tough time during the pandemic. People not doing uh, on-foot shopping or yeah. in-person shopping. Yeah. Um, so that I'm actually saving my recommendation for Kinship Goods. Oh, wow. That's, honey, that's very big of you. What about you? Well, I'm going to recommend whatever I want. Um, I want to recommend Wait, a new podcast. Just remember something that I'm going to talk about really quick after you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> podca- a new podcast that just debuted this week called the Lolita podcast. Um, it's hosted by Jamie Loftus and it's a, uh, an examination of the book Lolita and by Nabokov. Yes. And, uh, it's impact on culture and different, That's the different adaptations of it. It's very interesting. You know, First Lolita, episode is great. The movie, the Kubrick version movie yeah. is one of my favorite movies. I did not, honey, I did not know that. What? Yes. I did not know. You that. know, I love Kubrick. I know you love Kubrick. I know you're cuckoo for Kubrick. But also like there was a time when I didn't know Peter Sellers was maybe like kind of a jerk in real life. <laughs> yeah. He seems like he was a miserable human being. <laughs> anyway, Lolita podcast hosted by Jamie Loftus. It's uh, everywhere you get your podcast, but it's uh, it's great. Check it out. Um, also want to plug a couple things. I have some shows coming up. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're, we're recording this Friday night, so Saturday, um, October, uh, uh, October, Jesus Christ. It's December. No, it's November. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's not December because I haven't had to vacuum up needles yet. <laughs> That's, that's how I know. That's how you know. That's the only way I know. And see, I do that so you won't be lost in the year. <laughs> um, tomorrow, which is uh, the 20th of November at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, we are doing... The 20th? 28th. Oh, 28th. Yes. Okay. Saturday, the 28th of November, we are doing a um, Cocktails with the Cast with the Cast of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. We are going to get together on Zoom and have a little cocktail party, and we're inviting people to come and... Ask us questions, tell us things, whatever. Hang out with us for about an hour. Um, and then November 7th, I have my monthly show with Lauren Lapkus. Uh, December 7th. Um, what What are these faces you're making? Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> I didn't know my face was moving. It was moving a lot. <laughs> Monday, December 7th. I was cringing through all the weird dates. The different Why dates. were you cringing through them? What do you mean? 
Because it was like October, but it was December. Then it was November. Girl, look at your December. phone. <laughs> you don't need to pay attention to this part. Oh, Saturday, November 30th, <laughs> Cocktails with the Cast, 5 p.m. Pacific. Monday, December 7th, me and Lauren Lapkus, Lapkins and Tompkins present Christmas in December. And then there's some other stuff coming up as well. When the when those shows are announced, I will let you know. But all tickets are available at paulftompkins.com slash live. Okay, I just remembered I actually appeared this week on a podcast called Oh Yes! The Alarmist. Mm-hmm. Which is a podcast where they examine certain things that happened in history and Different try disasters. Yeah, and try to figure out what really happened, kind of a thing. Well, they try to figure out who's to blame. Oh, yes. And so the topic that we took on this week was Princess Diana's tragic death. And we figured out who to blame. Yeah. On it. It's on um, the alarmist. I tell you now, you gotta listen to find out. No, you gotta listen to the alarmist to see what we what we decided. Yeah. The Alarmist is a really fun podcast. I've been on it before. It's on the Erios Network. Uh, it's produced by friends of ours, hosted by friends of ours, and uh, really check it out. It's great. Yeah, it was fun. Um, what I know what you made me remember is that I'm watching this terrible show. <laughs> and I'm not recommending it. I'm just mentioning that I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. It's called A Teacher, and it's on... Hulu or FX or that's kind of the same thing, really. Hulu. Yeah. And um, it's sort of like this, you know, that like those stories of like the the adult female teacher like ends up, you know, fucking her students. (laughs) (laughs) Ends up. (laughs) Oh, no. Did we just fuck? (laughs) I fully recognize (laughs) That this show is total, like, smut in a way. Even though, here's, like, the thing is, like, anything smutty on TV now, they slap on, like, a trigger. They, they, like, slap up, like, if you or someone you know (laughs) is struggling with what the fuck ever we're dealing with on the, like, they don't even, like, go into the thing of what it is. They're, like... Go Google it. Like, they're basically like... <laughs> <laughs> Look up where you get help. Anyway. That's kind of like basically what it is. On with the like. trash. <laughs> it's like, and now, <laughs> a teacher. But what was, was making me laugh about it was I kind of watched this show like as a guilty pleasure. Not that I find it titillating anyway. I, I find it absolutely horrifying. <laughs> like, it's literally like watching like a slow motion accident happening mm-hmm. and you're like okay this better blow up and it better blow up spectacularly and there better be consequences <laughs> right. right so you're just like essentially watching this horrible thing unfold or whatever but my point was is that paul came in when i was watching it the other day and i don't know if y'all have the experience with like your partners or your roommates or whatever like whoever you live with maybe or people you're with where you watch something fully knowing you know it's like garbage and then the other person comes in and sits down and is like oh you don't have to change it like you know and they start kind of <laughs> partially 
watching it with you and then suddenly you realize like this is terrible what I'm putting yeah. into my brain. It's, mortifi- it's a mortifying experience. <laughs> anyway, I've had that too. The last episode, the latest episode of a teacher. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil this because if you end up watching it now. I tell you what, this is going to be the last thing we talk about. <laughs> so if you, if you don't want this spoiled, shut the podcast off right now. Because this is it. And then we're going to say goodnight and that's it. The scene where <laughs> so bad. she finally, the teacher... And also, by the way, they're leading up to the fact that she's going to be found out because of social media. Yeah, of course. That Like it's on someone's phone or yes. someone spots them. She keeps them. yelling at the kid, delete hey, that, that picture, you have to delete that picture you took of us. So then finally this woman, this grown woman, the teacher from A Teacher, she is hanging out with her friend who, who works also works at the school. At the school. Yeah. Is the colleague of hers at the yeah. school. And she's sort of like in a sort of sassy way indicating that she's I seen someone. I had a little bit of a weekend and I'm married, even though I'm married. Oh, that's right. And she's married. Well, and they're so the- there to see her yes. dorky ass yes, husband's yes, yes. band. Oh, or something. God. I, think I could talk about a teacher for a really long time. So, the so friend, we're going to have to wait and do a So the friend yeah. is like teasing it out of her like, like who, who is, is it? it? What's going on? And then she finally a- admits that it's this guy, she with a smile on her face, like a, like a little sexy it's smile. It's Brandon from, Engli- <laughs> yeah. from English Lit. <laughs> and the from te- AP History. Her friend's response is like horror. Well, yeah. She's like, what? All of a sudden it becomes very real. Where she's like, what are you, what are you talking about? What? She's like, she goes, Why he's a child. <laughs> All the, by the way, he is. He yeah. was 17 when yeah. she, yeah. But the, the be- and so I was laughing. She's like, he's a student. Like I was laughing so hard that this idiot thought how did she think it was gonna go <laughs> this is like amazing what well also by the way by the way okay okay so <laughs> we and then but then and the friend who by the way does a great job she, does, a, she does as great a job as anybody could do there with was this one, material there was yeah. one line reading that i thought was so funny though that she, so bad. she tossed off she just sort of tossed off like it's a, a monumental abuse of power <laughs> <laughs> like that's a that's a thing you would say to someone if you were After gripping the their shoulders. You would be looking in it's their face mo- and saying, "This is a, this is a monumental a, abuse, abuse of, of power." power. <laughs> you would be like, oh, "This is a monumental wait a abuse of this power." This is a monumental abuse. <laughs> wait, okay, so so wait. The best part was she go, she goes, "I have to report you <laughs> because like <laughs> I can only imagine." If you are a teacher at a school, oh and I bet we have teachers that are, I think we actually do have people because they have to Zoom with their kids and they've written into us and stuff and yeah. said, you know, it's been hard. And I know, I get hey, just, it. Just a quick note of advice. Well, just, <laughs> uh, just a quick sidebar. Don't, don't fucking students. <laughs> if, you're, hey, Wait. If, if you're a teacher listening <laughs> to this, don't fucking students. But what I, here's what is crazy about this show. There's a lot that's crazy about the show is that, uh, how would she, if someone had come to her, like if the, if the PE teacher came to her yeah. and he was like, Hey, uh, so, you know, little Sally, uh, you know, little Sally over there, who's thir- <laughs> 13 and oh my God. <laughs> she's a freshman in this scenario. Yeah. I'm saying like, he's like, yeah, uh, she's my little side piece now <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Like that teacher who is breaking the rules would understand like why Im- I have to immediately report this. I have a yeah. child in, in danger. There's a cha- <laughs> one of our yeah. charges yeah. is now unsafe around this fucking pervert. Yeah. 
or whatever. Right. And and so the fact that this the that she has up until this point been like delete that you can't do this these are the rules this is very dangerous i could lose my job this is like all leading up to well they're gonna get found out in some horrific way where she can't deny it because there's gonna be a photo or something you know something Mm -hmm. and then she just tells the Because she's clearly built up the fact that this teacher understands that this woman understands that she's doing something wildly illegal and inappropriate. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then she's just like, I mean, they're drinking. I guess maybe they're trying to lead it up like she was a little loose lipped. It's still insane. It's still insane. Oh, wait. There was the worst. (laughs) One more thing she said. One more thing she said. She goes, you practically forced me to tell you. Don't you remember that? <laughs> oh, listen. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take an acting class as soon as there's a vaccine, and I'm going to do that scene <laughs> in the class. But, but I got to do that scene in class, okay? Because right. it's it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of stupid, we got to go. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. At least week. you lifted my mood. I was in a real pissy mood at the beginning of this. I'm glad, honey. I'm glad I could help. So this all worked out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayofhomekins at gmail.com is our, is email, our address. email address. We Stay of Homekins on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we don't always write back. We never write back. But yeah. here's what happens. Not is, only do we not always write back, we never write back. Well, what happens is we, we are engaged with you from afar. And that is satisfying everything to us <laughs> and so also you say nice things and we fucking appreciate it we yeah, are grateful we for do you. we really we're really so thankful that you guys listen and uh it means a lot to us and we'll be back next week with another episode we just until don't then have time to always write back that's the problem that's right also we're not gonna give you any explanations we're just not gonna write back <laughs> we just can't it's too many <laughs> stay, stay safe stay, stay sane, sane and stay, stay home, home.